Purse Strings offers an available for hire network of vetted professionals who specialize in serving women. When you have a life event that has suddenly made money a priority, you can now move forward with a whole new confidence that you're getting advice and services from savvy professionals who are uniquely equipped to serve your needs. Go to PurseStrings.co and use our directory of handpicked financial professionals when you're ready to plan for retirement, navigate divorce, buy your next home, fire up your new business, and more. Go to PurseStrings.co or check the link in the show notes. Now you can be financially fearless. Thank you, fearless listeners, and go you for hitting play. Please like and subscribe as it helps us grow. Also, share this with a friend as we have to keep talking about this shit. Now let's dive in. Coming up on today's edition of Women and Money, the shit we don't talk about, our guest is Jen Pastikis. We happened to meet Jen on social media, and once she found out about purse strings, we connected. And we're so glad we did. Jen's work aligns so well with the mission of purse strings. Jen is a financial services executive, a leadership coach for women, and host of the podcast Brave Women at Work. Today, we'll be talking with Jen about negotiation, especially for women in the workplace. Yes, and I can't wait because it's a skill that we can all enhance. So let's get started. Gloria Steinem once said, we will never solve the feminization of power until we solve the masculinity of wealth. Barbara Provost and Maggie Nielsen are the team at Purse Strings that will help you navigate the ins and outs of financial independence so that you can be financially fearless. This is Women in Money, the shit we don't talk about. Hey, Jen, welcome to the Purse Strings podcast. We are thrilled to have you with us today. We want to learn all your tips and tricks when it comes to negotiation. But before we go there, can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Yes. Hello. And uh, thank you so much for having me today, ladies. It's a pleasure to to be here. So um, as Barb had said, um, I am a financial services executive, been in the banking industry for over 20, uh, Barb and and Maggie, I think it might be actually 25 years. Yeah. So I think we're inching our way there, which is a a little scary. That means I started, I don't know, when I was like 10 years old, maybe let's, (laughs) let's go there. And so um, been in financial services a long time, um, but just had a, a nagging uh, pull towards personal development and wanted to help women. And so that's why I've branched off to leadership and executive coaching. And also I have two daughters, uh, one that is going to be 12, um, Charlotte, and one that's going to be five or is five. Actually, she would remind me, mom, I'm five, almost five and a half. Come on now. So <laughs> Olivia and I feel like I need to pay it forward for them too. So that is why I do the work I do and um, work with women on having a voice and negotiating. So this is a really fun topic for me. So again, thank you for having me. Wonderful. So let's jump right in. So you're a coach, Jen, and you work with a lot of women around negotiation. So tell, let's just dive into the whole thing around negotiation because I would guess, tell me if I'm correct, that most women don't negotiate. Yes, most women don't negotiate. Um, I being one of them, when I started, I was a bank teller. So this is going in the Wayback Machine. 
And I'll never forget, I think I was making like, it was like $19,760 in every little dollar and penny and definitely helped. And I didn't negotiate because I wasn't trained to do so. I think that uh, women are taught, you know, if we raise our hand too much, as I did in school, I was always that kid. If, if everyone listening saw my hand, I was always the kid raising my hand. I know the answer, teacher. I know the answer. And it got to a point um, that the teacher was like, you know, you need to let other people answer, which I understand, but it also really trains women and girls not to raise their hand. And so, yes, many of the clients that I work with um, do not raise their hand, do not ask for more and just take what they can get, which sets a baseline of that discrepancy between men and women and how they get paid um, that I'm trying to rectify. Wow, just that example, I just get like a throwback to sitting in class. And it's like, let's let somebody else answer, you know, Um, and so we are, I, you know, kind of told to be quiet right away. And as we know, if we don't ask for that um, higher pay at that first job, it kind of accumulates up to the next job, and the next job. So then you're forever kind of that step behind um, versus somebody else who might have negotiated that first job that they had. And so why do, you know, why do women find it so difficult to negotiate? I mean, I could tell you what I think, but I would love to hear kind of what you hear from, you know, some of the women that you work with. Yeah. So uh, it, it's an excellent question. And it's simply a muscle. So if you think of going to the gym that you flex, you know, the bicep and the bicep grows or, you know, the quadricep grows, it's a muscle and it's muscle memory. So many of us, you know, as you said, Maggie, we start at one point in our career and we never ask. So when I'm, you know, challenging them or they're frustrated by the time they get to my doorstep, they may have never asked. So they don't have the practice or they've asked and they got turned down. So then, then women often say, oh, it's, I'm a bad negotiator, right? Or, you know, let's say they go into the car dealership. I actually love those scenarios because I'm a practice negotiator, but most women are terrified or have a really bad story where they may have been raked over the coals on a car deal or a home deal or a contract because we're not practiced. So I'm about getting women confident to ask and to have those conversations and understand that it's not that they're a bad negotiator. They just may have never done it before or are not doing it enough where they're building the skills to build that confidence. Wow. So let's learn some um, ways to strengthen that muscle. So what do you see um, in your coaching scenarios? Can you share a couple success stories? Oh, yeah, sure. So I had a woman um, out in Colorado that I just love. She's so talented. And um, she's in a different industry than, than I'm in, um, in my corporate career. But she had not asked. I don't know. She came to me probably saying, I've not asked or never really done a negotiation. It had been at least 10 years. And so we got her to a higher higher level of compensation. And I actually do track how much I get my clients year over year. And so this year I've gotten collectively my clients, we're inching up on a hundred thousand extra in collective dollars. And so I'd love it to be millions, you know, but I, I mean, if I can get, you know, a hundred thousand for women a year, that's more women that are getting more pay and benefits. So that's, I'm inching to a hundred thousand so far this year. And so she got more compensation. I think we got her, uh, we got her another like 5% on top of what they were going to be giving her to go into a, a promotional situation, or she might've been my new job situation, but she got more money. And what I do is I write scripts with all of my clients. I personalize scripts for them. 
And I ask them like, what is the bottom basement number? What is the bottom basement I feel worthy number? And then what is the max worthy number? I mean, of course we all want more, but I had the same client. She's going into another negotiation soon, very, very soon. And she says, well, this is what I will take. And I said, but do you feel valued? She says, no. And I said, okay, so now let's put a new baseline on that. The Mm -hmm. new basement number where you feel valued is this number. And even if it's like another couple thousand or if it's another 10,000, whatever that new baseline is, that's what we're really shooting for. And then I'm like, okay, if the sun, moon, stars align, what is that number where you're like, woohoo, like I'm going to go and celebrate with my family because I rocked that negotiation. And then we have that number. So I gave her like the bottom basement. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it, but I don't feel valued. Her baseline, I feel valued. And then like the big woohoo number. And a lot of women don't do that. So they don't actually put the numbers on paper. Then we actually go through the negotiation together. And then I give them questions to think about what questions are they going to ask? And what questions are they maybe going to get asked in the negotiation? And we write all that down. And I say to them, you know, they don't know that you're coming in with notes. They don't know. They can think that you're just coming in with questions, but you have your own agenda and you've come to play in that negotiation. So that's the prep I do with my clients. So I like this idea of like the basement number and then the number that really makes you feel like you have more worth or, you know, you're worth it because there's nothing worse about starting a new job where you're already getting the basement number where you don't even feel worthy. That's not a great place to start any position. So I like this extra step up of like, you know, what do you feel worthy about as well? Because if you go in and you're already hating the pay, it doesn't sound like it's going to be successful for a long period of time. Exactly. So I want every woman that goes into a new job or into a promotional situation to already feel valued inherently in themselves, because if they already aren't feeling valued, then they're not going to stay because they didn't negotiate for what they were really worth. But I always tell um, my clients and you know anyone I talk to about this, the business is coming to play. If we're playing a card game, they're playing to win and you're playing to win. And, you know, women will say, well, why does the business act like this? Well, because that's their part of the game. The game is that they're trying to get you at the, you know, at the lowest amount, you know, and they're like, great, you know what? I don't have to pay them in a couple extra thousand. I'm like, don't blame the company, just come prepared. So we have to understand everyone's role in the engagement of negotiation. And some women, you know, like Barb, you had mentioned, they won't negotiate because they're upset at the or they're mad at the organization or they think the organization should be doing what's in their best interest. I'm like, no, you need to be doing what's in your best interest. You can't wait for the company to do it for you. You need to be prepared. So when you talk about being prepared, do you have them come with like competitive numbers for their role in other organizations, as well as maybe what they've brought to the table for the company to date in terms of saving money or value add? Like what kind of data do they come with? Yeah, so I will go to, um, I will have them look at like a salary.com is a really common and free resource for them to look. Now, HR typically doesn't like salary.com because it's not It's, you know, yes, you'll say, Oh, I want to look in the Chicago area, I want to look in the New York area, you know, California or whatever. But sometimes, you know, it'll vary by industry. So there could be some shifting. So I wouldn't, you know, use that as gospel like salary.com, but it gives you a really solid baseline for the job type and your geolocation of like what you would be getting paid. Okay. 
So then I look at that and then I have them compare where they are. And then there is like a bell curve. So it's like min, mid, max. And I'm like, where are you on that curve based on the years of experience? From my years that I've learned on the HR side, and I, I managed an HR team for, I don't know, five to seven years somewhere in the career, we kind of stuff that in. You know, you're going to want to get to that midpoint, you know, and every company is different. But I mean, if you're not at midpoint and you've been in that job for five or seven years, like, okay, like there is some negotiation that needs to be happening there. Right. And so I have them look at that. And then to give you one more example, I had a woman, another client out of the Chicago area that was going into negotiation. She was offered 2% for her promotion. And I just was like, no, we're not taking that. She was taking on new headcount, and then we did that that homework, Barb and Maggie, and we got her to a ten percent lift. Wow! Um, because we did that homework. Yeah, that's a huge jump, and that will be a huge compounding jump as well, which is awesome. And so, a lot of this we've been talking about negotiating um, your pay, you know, your salary. But I know with a job, there's benefits, there's days off, there's these different things. So are, you know, what else do you fold into a negotiation or what else do you have to work with people with to kind of negotiate besides salary? So I have worked a lot on hybrid schedules. Um, You know, a lot of companies are now going back to like, we want you back in the office. You know, they're like, hey, we've got these big, beautiful buildings. We want you back. I've got one that I'm working on right now with a client that, you know, she moved during pandemic, right? So now she's like near family, she realized, you know, it it wasn't like a big realization during that period, everyone was kind of renegotiating what life was going to look like for them. So she moved to be near family, but she's actually looking at a position that's a a few hours away. And we just actually did that this last week, I, you know, I'm like, well, what, what if they say, you know, that they want you in x number of days or x number of weeks. So we did that same thing, Maggie, where we said, okay, what is the minimum amount like that you want to be in the office? So it's like reverse of the salary. What is the maximum that you would be in the office on a flexible or hybrid schedule? So we actually did that kind of same scale. And what is the breaking point or what's the deal breaker? So if they say, hey, you know, you've got to be in the office three weeks a month and you're three hours away, like, is that too much? Where does your life come into this? And then what I do is I kind of like go through and interview them really as I'm like going, well, you know, okay, well, what if you did three weeks? Like, so they don't waver during the negotiation. So I do work on hybrid schedules mainly, but there are so many other things to negotiate, including academic reimbursement, conferences, certifications, um, all type. I mean, there is another colleague I have out there and I, I'm her consulting firm is worth more consulting. And she has a really nice freebie on there that I recommend people look at. It's 75 things to negotiate for. She has an entire list of 75 items, which I don't have. And I don't negotiate or work with women on that many things. But you can look at that list and go, wow, what about all the other things? What about maternity leave or any type of parental leave? What if you're going through adoption? You know, like all of these types of things. Um, So it's a really nice list. So again, it's worth more consulting. And she does that for corporations, but she's a specialist in negotiation as well. Wow. 75 things. That's a ton. I'm just like trying to like count in my head what else you can negotiate. And so I love that list and we'll definitely work on getting that. So it's in the show notes as well. So Jen, have you ever seen negotiations fail? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, there, there are times where maybe you, um, you prepare and it shifts and you know, you lose, 
because you came in too strong. You didn't read the room. You were demanding. You may have been perceived as demanding. So that's another thing. Women, um, and, and this is from, her name is Catherine Valentine of Worth, Worth More uh, Consulting. So definitely look her up and put her in the show notes. But she, um, I want to attribute to her, she has a theory on that men and women cannot negotiate the same. So a man can negotiate like head to head and be pretty vocal. And then, you know, they're doing it on the golf course. I'm being like totally stereotypical here. And everyone's still friends after. So a woman cannot negotiate like that. You've got to actually have like more of like a win-win strategy. So when a woman comes in and negotiate, she has to almost say like, what is the benefit for the business as part of the negotiation? Mm -hmm. How are we all going to win instead of how am I going to win? So there is a definite delineation. Um, I had a negotiation because I'm also an intrapreneur, not just an entrepreneur. So I'm an intrapreneur and an innovator inside my corporate career. And I'm often the one that's going up to bat for just about everything. You guys name it out. I've probably tried to sell it internally. Some of them I lose for to both of you. Some of them I lose. I've had to lick my wounds and go, well, how did I not go about this the right way? Was I too strong? Was this not right for the business? But anytime you lose a negotiation, you always just give it some breathing room. You take, you know, your learnings from that. Doesn't mean you're a bad negotiator. Maybe it's the timing was just wrong. Mm-hmm. But I will come back around if I believe in it. And I'll ask that person, be like, hey, do you mind if I come back, you know, in a reasonable period of time so that I can like learn from this? And then can we talk about this again? So you're trying to keep the window, the door open. It doesn't always work that way, but it's still worthy of, of pursuing and asking. Yeah, that's very interesting, especially how you mentioned about, you know, men negotiating versus women negotiating. And I was thinking back to, you know, one of my first big girl jobs and I negotiated that pay and I felt more comfortable because I was negotiating it with a woman. And so I felt like more comfortable and she was kind of like on my side or just wanted all women to win where like I was like, oh, well, if it was a man, like I feel like I would feel very need to get every fact in line and be a little bit more defensive. So it's interesting, like you mentioning that and just thinking about my experience of how even who I'm talking with kind of lightened the, uh, made me feel more comfortable um, about who I was negotiating with. Yeah. And you know what, Maggie, I probably would be the opposite. So I, I've mentioned this on my podcast. Um, I've, I grew up in my corporate career on the investment services side of the world. So like, and this is why it's so perfect that we're all connected, right? So I understand financial advisors. I am married to a financial advisor and it, and it can be a very male dominated industry. Um, and so I grew up in more of a male, uh, male industry. And so as a result, I'm actually more comfortable negotiating like a man and with men than I am with women. And so it's just really interesting. I think it's like what your experience is. But then I've had to learn how to like pivot and do both. So I have to kind of check myself before I wreck myself in my own negotiation. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So um, what are like three to five tips you can give women who are preparing to negotiate a salary or a promotion or a move or something like that? Okay, so um, a few tips in no particular order, but we've, we've covered some of them. You definitely want to do your homework. So you want to do your homework and come in prepared. So look at your salary curves, go to salary.com. I also would write down pen to paper, and this is old school, um, some sort of planning of what are you negotiating for? 
So like, what does the total package look like? You know, like write out the ultimate, okay, what is my minimum? We've already gone through that. What is my minimum bottom basement? What is my minimum on like feeling worthy? What is my mid maximum? You know, you decide the levels, but I would write that down. I would also look at what else you're negotiating. Are you looking at a hybrid schedule? Like, don't forget, don't leave any stone unturned when you're in the negotiation. I also would practice. So I write scripts for uh, women because then they come in more prepared and more confident. Because when you're in the live situation, if you've already done it and written it down, if you waver, you can look at your script. So if you're like stammering a little bit, because this is scary, these are scary conversations that they can be, you can look down and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I needed to mention that point rather than coming in unprepared. Mm -hmm. And then I would just say, lastly, make sure to have your own back. Remember that this is having your own back. This is an exercise in self-respect and building self-confidence. So remember the company is not in that situation going to do it all for you. If you come in empty handed, you will probably be more apt to take what you're given rather than get what you really deserve. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Best to be prepared for something that doesn't happen rather than not be prepared for something that does happen, especially in a negotiation, which you kind of feel like you have this one shot at it. So you may as well make sure you're prepared for to play the game, as you say. Yeah. And one other thing that just uh, one other tip that came to mind is, you know, if they offer you the job, I always tell women, unless you just like feel like, oh, wow, this is like right on target it's okay to say, hey, can I come back to you in the next 24 to 48 hours, especially in a new job scenario, because then you can kind of simmer on it, right, and be clearer headed and more objective. Um, and if you can do that in any negotiation um, and or anticipate any objections, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, to take a little bit of time. I think we have, like, it's almost like a filling space in a conversation where we gap fill and, like, they throw out the number, like, yes, you know, like, versus going... <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for that that offer, Maggie or or Barbara. And you know, I really appreciate it. I'm so flattered. And can I please take 24 to 48 hours to get back to you to consider it? I think there's real there's self-respect in, in asking for a little bit of time. I always feel that the biggest fear people have is just someone's gonna say no. Like, no, you should have been honored by having this presented to you. You can't take time, or no, I can't even believe you asked we're just going to take the job offer away, you know? And it's just one of those things, like I'm always reminding myself that it's like, okay, they, they want me. That's why they offered me this job, you know? And it's like, they're not just going to take it out the rug if you don't say yes right away, which I feel like, I don't know, somebody, I talked to some of my girlfriends and they have that same fear as well. It's just, it's going to be a blatant no, which I have to remind myself like, no, they want me for this position. Like they're offering me this and it's going to look good that I'm taking that time to think about it. I'm not just like a making decisions on the fly all the time. Yeah, no, I think that that's right on that fear. And I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and sharing it is that, you know, we think that the good stuff is going to go away, you know, like it's going to get pulled, the rug's going to pull from underneath us. Well, there's two things in there. Number one, if that's the case, then do you really want to work for that company? Probably right, exactly. not. Like if they're going to be like, oh, just kidding, you know, oh, you won't take it immediately, like coercive, like we're going to just take this job away from you. Like I'm out, like I don't want to work for you. That's not a great and way I to start a relationship. No, it's not. It's almost like, you know, they're like twisting and manipulating you. And I think the other piece that I teach um, and coach around is I call it the stick the landing statement. So if you think of a gymnast, then they have to stick the landing at the end of that twirl or that tumble or whatever. 
that beautiful maneuver. So it's the same thing. So if they give you any flack about asking for space, be like, hey, remember, you know, I'm committed to, I'm just about to commit to this job, but in fairness to me and what I bring to the table, I need to have 24 to 40 hours to consider, consider this. And I would appreciate that respect. I mean, so you can actually use a stick the landing statement like that and remind them what you're going to bring to the table and what the benefits are. Remember, as a female, we negotiate slightly differently to allow them to give you the space that you need to make the right decision for you. I like that. You just channel your inner Simone Biles and it should turn out really great and you'll just turn out as a boss. So and you'll get I think a gold a medal yeah. <laughs> or five, you know, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. She is quite the boss, isn't she? Like, yeah, she's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Really. So um, Jen, tell us how women can get a hold of you if they'd like to do some coaching or give you a call and have a conversation with you. Yes. Thank you so much. So I am at um, www.bravewomenatwork.com. And women can uh, schedule a 30-minute discovery call to see if coaching is a fit. I also have a mini uh, course or workshop. It's called um, Your Burnout Proof Career Plan. Um, just because if someone, if someone has gone through burnout, I, I've, I've got a recorded like mini course if you'd like to like take that in there. And then, of course, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. And then go check out uh, my freebies on my site, as well as the Brave Woman at Work podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, and it's a great podcast. I listen to it all the time. You have some amazing women on there. So super cool. And we're going to put links to everything you just said in the show notes so people can click down there and reach out to Jen. She's a great coach. Um, She really wants to see all women succeed. So Jen, we were so glad that you had the time today to jump on our podcast and teach us some tips and some tricks around negotiation. Yeah, thank you so much for being on here. It's been so fun and a pleasure. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Jen, for coming on today. And thank you, all our listeners for tuning in. Please share this with a friend. So all of us are getting those salary increases. And like us and subscribe as that helps us grow as well. So we'll talk to everyone soon. And until then, be financially fearless. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Purse Strings offers an available-for-hire network of vetted professionals who specialize in serving women. When you have a life event that has suddenly made money a priority, you can now move forward with a whole new confidence that you're getting advice and services from savvy professionals who are uniquely equipped to serve your needs. Go to PurseStrings.co and use our directory of handpicked financial professionals when you're ready to plan for retirement, navigate divorce, buy your next home, fire up your new business, and more. Go to PurseStrings.co or check the link in the show notes. Now you can be financially fearless.